going to read uh, our reading this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and um, I'll read that for you and then I'll hopefully speak about some of these things. So here we go. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. There is no need for me to write to you about about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year in Achaia, um, in Achaia we're ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this. Whoever whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's just pray as we come to study this word now. Gracious Father, come amongst us by your spirit to Areas that could be painful, to areas that we don't want to face. But Lord, by your graciousness, will you reveal to us your will and your purposes for us in the matter that we consider this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So this talk is really in the context of... um, Laurie's recent talk on tithing, because today 
we see an example of giving over and above the tithe. And this is for a specific need in the wider church. And Paul is writing to these Corinthians about a famine relief fund that was set up for the Christians in Jerusalem. And we need to look at chapters 8 and 9. We haven't got time to read those. But if you go back home and have a look at those, and you'll see this picture. Together we get this uh, picture of the famine relief effort and what Paul was trying to facilitate. And it's interesting that this fuller context reveals a much deeper response of generous giving that, than what appears on the face of the text here. And Paul has identified this need and the funding required to help the believers in Jerusalem that are suffering through a famine. And we note that in chapter 8 he talks of the Macedonian churches, those that exist in the north, who were themselves in difficulties and experiencing extreme poverty. And we read in chapter 8, verse 2, we read in the midst of the Macedonian churches very, their very own severe trial. Paul writes that they had overflowing joy and that despite their extreme poverty, their response welled up into rich generosity. Paul says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. That's so challenging, isn't it? And so humbling. And if we consider that despite their own poverty, the Macedonians begged to give. However, Paul goes on in verse 5. He says that they exceeded our expectations. How? By giving themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us. That is, Paul and his team. And that's an interesting point just to remember that our giving won't be sorted unless... Our relationship with our Lord is sorted. The Macedonian churches knew this reality, so they knew how to give. They had experienced the poverty and uh, difficulties themselves. And additionally, unless one has been in this needy or poor position, we are so unlikely to know how to give properly because we don't know what it's like. To want. So Paul very cleverly now wants to know what the Corinthians are going to do, having expressed what the Macedonian church's response is. And it's clear the Corinthian churches have made a promise and a commitment to give, and Paul has been boasting about that to the Macedonian churches. And this promise, Paul says, now needs to turn into reality. And so Paul is able, by this friendly competition between the churches in the north and the churches in the south, to encourage yet more generosity from the Corinthians, challenging them to excel themselves even more 
in our passage today, Paul makes his appeal to the Corinthians and gives clear guidance about how this uh, approach should be. And he demonstrates this. Verse 6. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So clearly this is between us and God. And we each need to decide what we will give. Freely. Without compulsion or reluctance. No selfishness or unwillingness. If we're cerebral or warmly impulsive or if we are casual, we won't be generous. And if we are not generous, there is no deep joy that we can get from giving. The only compulsion we should have is love and the spirit of enjoyment and freedom we can have in generous giving. You see, it's not about our large wallets, but it's about our large hearts. What shall I give rather than what should I give? Paul is stirring up the Macedonian church and the Corinthian church by encouraging this generosity. So the key for us is deciding in your heart what to give and to give freely without compulsion or reluctance. He's saying to the Corinthians, Join the fun. Be joyful because God loves, loves to see that. Giving in worship is what the people of Israel did. It's part of their worship, their offerings of thankfulness and praise, including harvest times, alongside the sacrificial offering system. But today, with bank automation gift aid and the administration of the efficient giving, we have seen the demise of giving as part of our worship. COVID has brought about more cashless methods, and so giving through the collection or offering plate each week is no longer viable, or good stewardship, in fact. And this is true not only for ourselves, but up and down the country. And around the world, probably. But our giving and our offer tree is actually an important part of our worship, which somehow needs to be rethought and reinstated. At any time we come together to worship, we can and should be united in our giving. It is our opportunity to give praise and worship through the gifts and generosity we have received from God. A giving back to God of what we have had, whatever our state, whether that be rich or poor. Indeed, uh, when was the last time you left a church service with joy and excitement over the giving that had taken place and the praise and worship God subsequently received? Uh, For me, that's decades ago. Decades ago. And what do you think about some nonconformist churches who rightly or wrongly post names and amounts given each week on the notice board 
to encourage members and to challenge them to look more carefully at their giving. <laughs> I suspect that would be very uncomfortable and a bridge too far for us. But you get, them, get the idea. So Paul in verse 6 and verse 7 shows us how to approach our giving. He, he uses this agricultural um, illustration of farmers sowing seeds and reaping the harvest. And it's obvious that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This agricultural law of nature that we celebrate at harvest behaves in the same way as how the law of giving works. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. As we give back to God what he has given to us, then he will give us sufficient, not only for our needs, needs, not wants, but also the gifts for us to invest in the future. In the same way, that the harvest provides the seed for next year. Give so that God can give to you. You can then give away. This is not a prosperity gospel. And is one that we should be embracing. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Friends, we can trust God with our giving. We need to step out and embrace that truth and reality rather than ask the question, how much must I give away? We should be asking, how much am I investing Verse 8 helps us. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Did you notice three alls? God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Our giving is part of our worship and our ministry and results in praise and thanksgiving to God. Now, uh, I'm not going to let Laurie get away with his bit of fun. I've got a bit of fun now. Um, so uh, I'd like to invite, I think Katie's organised some children to help with this bit of fun. What we're going to have is um, an opportunity to encourage ourselves in our giving. We're going to... I uh, have two or more teams, are we? Katie, just working it out. And we're going to have a Macedonian and a Corinthian race, okay? And I'm going to give each of you a, some money, and we're going to send it to the back. You've got a problem on this side with the air gap there, but uh, anyway. Um, so I'm going to give you some money. And what we want you to do is make sure the money goes all the way to the back and forward again, okay? And the idea is people get... 
to feel what it's like to handle the money and give it away. So, here we go. It's not Monopoly money. <laughs> okay, so, are you ready? We've got... Team Macedonia. Team Macedonia. So, choose an aisle. So we'll have, um, yeah, one over there. Uh, two, two over there. Okay, so Hannah and... Yeah. Right. And you two, and the side, you might have to... Work, work both sides of the team. So, on your marks, get set, go. Pass the money, get it to the back. Make sure it gets to the back. Make sure it gets to the back. And then it's going to come back, okay? Right to the back. Come in. And now come back forwards. <laughs> Bring it back. Yes? Oh. Alright, okay. You want to put it in there? Have we got, who are you? Which team are you? I think the Macedonians won. Come on, come on. Here we go, okay. We got cheer louder than that. Come on, then. let's do it again, shall we? Where we go? One, two, three. Go on, off we go. Come on, which team are we? Well done. Okay, one of each. One more. Hey. Okay. Thank you very much. Now then, um, what, what, kids, what, what do you think God would do now? What would God do now? We, we received some gifts. What do we do now? He starts giving again. Go on. <laughs> there we go. Okay, last time. Come on, let's see. Faster, faster. Uh, I wonder whether this might come back. How are we doing? Lovely. Okay. Oh. One more. Ah, there it is. Okay, there we go. Okay. Thank you very much. No. Oh. Oh. Ah. Okay, okay. I think I think we've had some multiplication as well. Now children, thank you very much for that. I'm gonna give you a final and this time, I want you to go away with this and pray and ask God what you think you should do with it. Okay? Thank you very much.
Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Well, it's been a lot of laughter and joy. Uh, <laughs> I think there is more in the bowl. Thank you for that. <laughs> Wasn't really the off street. Anyway, um, it's just for us to get a sense of joy. Sorry, I just knocked my mic. Uh, uh, joy and excitement of how it might feel to be joyful givers. You hand on the money. So hopefully, it'll be a bit of fun passing it along. Remember the words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we just need to remember that sowing is not losing. Giving is not losing. We're not giving away. We're investing. Investing in the kingdom and in people around the world. The phrase I missed out deliberately until now is that God loves a cheerful giver. And as we found very often, the English language is weak in its translation of giving this, of this word cheerful. It comes from the Greek word hilaris. And that means giving should be joyous, cheerful, and not grudging. Spontaneous, non-reluctant giving, already persuaded and won over propitious or merry. In fact, hilarious is where we get the word hilarious. And it's the only place in the New Testament where that word is used. And that says a lot. Hilarious giving. What does that look like here? What does it look like in the UK? God is an extravagant and cheerful giver. And so he loves when we give hilariously. And as children of God, surely made in his image, we must all become the more cheerful givers, eager and joyful to give. And I'm afraid that there may be some need a deeper challenge today. Romans 12 identifies some gifts of the Spirit. I'll just read that list. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's in serving, then serve. If it is in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage and give encouragement, if it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Did you notice that one we rarely hear? The one we rarely hear about or aspire to, that gift of the Spirit. If it is giving, then give generously. Is that a gift you have been given? And are not exercising. Friends, remember we cannot outgive God. So let us at this harvest time, which demonstrates once again God's abundant provision and faithfulness.
commit to prayerfully working through and asking the Lord how to sow generously and give generously in the days and weeks ahead. As we approach communion, with that immense reminder of the gift of abundant and eternal life that God has given to us through Jesus' death on the cross, may that be our measure and challenge for our response in love and worship through generous giving. And as Paul concludes, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen.